This episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast has been made possible by the BC Ale Trail. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired. Imagine if all your favorite breweries were on the same street. That'd be pretty nice, wouldn't it? And what if I told you that that existed in Port Moody? Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting. I'm a music producer and I have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself an expert in beer by any means, but I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of these brewmasters. I want to learn from these pioneers on what sets them apart from the rest and why they choose to call Cascadia their home. I'm going to be focusing on a very unique street in Port Moody. It's been dubbed Brewer's Row in recent years because not one, not two, but four breweries exist all on the same street. Easy walking distance between all of them. Today, I'll be speaking with two breweries from this street, and at a later date, I'll visit the other two. First up is the first brewery that opened its doors in Port Moody. This being Yellow Dog Brewing. Mike Coghill. My wife and I are the founders of Yellow Dog Brewing. And you are... Number one on the block, right? We were the first brewery to open in Port Moody in 2014. We just celebrated our three-year anniversary. Yeah, so you were here even before it was even considered Brewer's Row, right? That's correct, yeah. Uh, When we were here, it was just a bunch of older industrial buildings. We have a bustling park across the street, but uh, yeah, we were the first ones. Why Port Moody? Well, my wife and I uh, had recently had a child, and we decided we didn't want to raise him in downtown Vancouver. We wanted to have a house with a yard, and... You know, all those special things. And so we decided to move out to Port Moody. And then as we were living in Port Moody and we'd been out here, one part of downtown Vancouver we missed was the being able to walk to breweries and have a little bit more chill atmosphere when you have a beer and, and the good beer that came out of them. And uh, we had done research to look at opening one in Vancouver, but just it had kind of taken a backseat to the family and everything like that. So we'd like, well, all that research applies to Port Moody. The street is really cool where it's got industrial space really close to residential and park space and so we thought you know it's a it's a great fit and we met a ton of other people that were in the same boat as us you know had families moved out here and and so we we jumped in both feet so where does the name yellow dog come from well my wife's and i's first child was a yellow lab named chase and we've always been dog lovers so we immortalized him in the name of a, a brewery the logo actually is uh picture, an old picture of him that was taken that was turned into a, a logo. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. So how did beer find you? How did beer find me? Uh, well, that's a good question. I've always been a, a beer drinker. I grew up in the island, so Victoria. Um, I remember being younger and drinking lots of uh, Piper's Pale Ale and Herman's. And, and then when Lighthouse came around, Race Rocks. And then we moved out of the island and in, in, in Vancouver. And the, the scene here started to grow as well, you, some of those island beers that were first to start, and then, then you had P49 and stuff, so we were drinking those. And then the real thing that really set me over the edge is I was on a trip with a friend in, in Belgium, and just to see how like ingrained beer is into the culture of that place, it really inspired me more. And you mix in a couple trips to Portland with that, and then you know I was we were both feet in, so it's good. When did you come up with this concept, and how did you pitch it to your wife? Um, 
Yeah, it was a gradual sell job for my wife. Uh, she also loves beer. She she's, wasn't that hard in the beer industry. It was just a more of, you know, we both came from successful corporate jobs to turn our lives upside down and, and start a brewery uh, was more of the thing. And when you start to travel to other places and that were a little bit maybe ahead of Vancouver and in, in, in where what a brewery can do to a community. When you start to travel some of those places and see the impact it has socially on a community, the fun aspect of it in the community, the benefit it can bring to a community. It was, at that point, she was like, okay, I can see being the first into a community and just joining that community, what that could be. So after that, it became a pretty easy sell. What beers did you have in mind when you opened? Did you want to kind of just do pale ales? Because you also kind of, you've, you've expanded out um, to sours and kind of some Belgian styles. As yeah, well. we never said when we started, we, we never said it where we were never going to focus on a particular style. We just always said we wanted to make good beer. So in that realm, like I've always been a pretty, I like to try all different types of beers. When I go things, I have an appreciation for really all types of beers. There's not, I can't really think of any beer style or type that I, I don't like. If it's done well, then I think it's worth making. And if you can do that well, then it's worth making. And then I'm a firm believer in experimenting. Like if you, this never may be done, let's try it. If it's not good, we won't do it again. But if it's really good, then, you know, that's how some of the coolest beers that are out there now have come around. All right. So once this idea is planted, how long did it take to develop and when did you open your door? Like, like how, what was that time frame? Yeah. Even before we moved to Port Moody, it was probably like a year of research on different things and, you know, just what's going to take to open a brewery, what things you need to do, some traveling to see different places and stuff like that. Once we got going, I, I had a little bit of construction management type background. So it was a little bit easier for me on, on that end of things. By the time we got the keys, nine months, 10 months to open the doors. And when you opened the doors, was there a flood of people or? Yeah, we were, yeah. we were very surprised by like, so when we announced that we were opening the amount of through social media and people stopping by, there was, there was a lot of interest in the brewery. So that made you feel good about the progress that you're making. And then we did like a soft opening. We first opened just to test all the systems out, make sure we didn't think of it, not think of something and it wasn't working. And just to see the influx of people on that day and how excited people were for a brewery to open the street, that was, that was pretty rewarding to see. So did you run out of beer? Oh yeah. We ran out of beer many, uh, many a times in the first little bit. We anticipated that a little bit, like we didn't want some growth. So we invested in a little bit of bigger system than some of the other breweries opening around the same time at that time opened with. So we weren't as bad as some have been in the year, but we uh, we still ran into a lot of space constraints. So what was the size of the system that you started with and how big are you now? Uh, when we first started, well, we have a 25 hectoliter brew house and we started with three 25 hectoliter fermenters. So could kind of do three beers at a time kind of thing. We now have those still those three same 25s. We have four 50 hectoliter tanks and we have four 75 hectoliter tanks. And was the idea to package your beer in the original idea as well, or were you just wanting to be a tasting room? No, packaging was always in the idea. Um, we always wanted to, we actually thought about cans from the beginning. We wanted to do cans. The tasting room was busier than we anticipated right off the bat. So that delayed us packaging. It took us longer to package than we anticipated. So then you have your own packaging line? We do. Yeah, we have our own canning line. All right. And how many days a week is that running? Uh, right now it runs almost five days a week. We have lots of different beers coming out. So keep up the demand. We got to keep it running. Mm -hmm. Now you have a lot of neighbors around you. Uh, were you a little intimidated when everybody started coming into the neighborhood? No, not really. When we were first opening, like as being the first, we ran into the guys from Moody Ales 
right off the bat. Uh, we found out about each other. We were all asking same places, asking the same questions. So we keep kept hearing about each other. So it allowed us to, you know, as we were encountering roadblocks, you know, you could bounce ideas off someone that was doing the same thing, see what they did. So it was actually pretty helpful in the beginning to have another one opening around the same time. Plus, we had other good friends and Steel and Oak and Four Winds and stuff like that. Daggerad that were going through the same things fairly close to us. So it's a, it's a pretty tight knit community that way. So we knew that Moody Ales is right down that. When you first heard about it, you're like, oh, really? You're doing the exact same thing on the exact same street? Like, that's interesting. But we saw when Moody Ales opened, it was great. And then shortly after that, we found out about Twin Sales next door. That was a little bit of a shock. You know, you're literally opening next door. But seeing the people and the excitement that there was for it, we thought it was okay. And then and then came Parkside and we're like, well, based on what we've seen so far, there, there's more room. So in the end, we weren't really intimidated. You just you're apprehensive and how's this going to work, but we all have a very good working relationship together. So that has also helped us promote Port Moody as more of a place to come to drink beer and, and work together to bring more people to Port Moody. And then couple that with the SkyTrain extension that came out around that time. And that that's helped a lot too. Yeah. Because for me, like Port Moody's really become like a real destination now for, yeah, you know, I want to have a nice weekend with friends and I want to try a couple different beers and there's some options all on the same street. So it makes it all easy. Yeah, it's a really a five minute walk between all you can do all the breweries within five minutes of walking and you're five minutes away from a SkyTrain. So it's an easy destination and we all do similar yet different things. The experiences in each tasting room slightly different. The ambiance is different. The one, I guess, core feature that's the same is, you know, we all pride ourselves in showing people how good Port Moody can be and what how good the beer scene in Port Moody can be. So. Right. So what is coming down the pipe for you guys? Is there any expansion or are you just kind of happy with your size at the moment? Yeah, no, we're expanding. Um, we got a few more tanks on the way. We have a new canning line coming, fooders coming. Uh, what else? There's something else coming, but there, there's more expansion coming. We've invested over the last couple of years, a lot of time, effort and some money into barrels and stuff like that. So uh, the next couple months here, you'll see our first barrel-aged beer come out. Yeah, those are the, the things that are c- coming down the pipe. So if somebody was wanting to go down the past themselves, what would be some advice that you'd give them if they wanted to open their own brewery in their own local community? Uh, my, my advice would be is make sure you, you love it. Don't get into it for the wrong reasons. Breweries are a lot of work. And if you're passionate about what you do, and I think that's not just breweries, it's anything. If you're passionate about what you do, then you'll you'll love it and you'll come to work every day. Do your research, understand things. When you think you've done all your research, do it again. And and then talk to a lot, as many people in the industry as you can to get a real good feel of, you know, that this is maybe what it worked for them, but this is what worked for them. And, and take a little bit of that from everyone and, and, and then be authentic to yourself and to your community. And if somebody was to come here for the first time, what would be the thing you'd want them to leave with most as an experience here? Well, first off, we always want people to leave with, you know, impressed with the quality of beer. So... When we started a brewery, it was the first aspect was for beer. Um, so we wanted you have the best experience with our beer and uh, understand it. And hopefully there's beer that, that you, every type of person like. We try to keep a wide enough selection of that. The second one is we want you to look at it and, uh, and see the kind of community that we're trying to build in the brewery. So friendly staff, friendly customers. Uh, we're not a nightclub. We're here family friendly. So, you know, bring your uh, kids, bring whatever you can and, and just have a good time. And that, that's what we're looking to do. Big thank you to Mike for his time. It's always a busy day at that brewery, so I really appreciate him taking the time out to sit out on the bench in the back and uh, have a chat with me. So thank you so much, Mike. Really appreciate it. Now, I'm going to walk down Brewer's Road to our next brewery. But before I do, 
I just want to share with you how much I love Port Moody. It's such a beautiful location with lots to explore. In fact, the BCL Trail has a great two-day itinerary you can check out on their website. I actually used the BCL Trail while making this episode to find a great place to have lunch. And it's not just Port Moody. The BCL Trail showcases many parts of the province. At bcaletrail.ca, you'll find recommended itineraries and a comprehensive list of every craft brewery in BC. There's also a calendar of beer events and a blog with lots of great stories. The regional ale trails include local breweries, pubs, and restaurants, along with outdoor activities in the supernatural landscapes that surround them. So whether you're planning a weekend trip or being a tourist in your own town, let the BC Ale Trail guide you to your next beer adventure. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at bcaletrail.ca. So at the very end of Brewer's Row, I come to the second brewery to open here in Port Moody. This is Moody Ales. Your name is? Adam Crandall. And what's your title here? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, one of the, one of the founders kind of do my hands in a lot of things. So yeah, no official title, I guess. Oh, they, I do everything nobody else wants to do. <laughs> well, that's, that's a title in itself, yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and where, where are we? What is the name of this brewery? Uh, Moody Ales. Uh, we're in Port Moody, BC. And you guys were the second on the street. We were right? the second, yeah, about three, four months after Yellow Dog uh, opened on the street. Why Port Moody? Well, I live in Port Moody, and my business partner, Dan, lives just past the Port Moody border in uh, Coquillam. And when we decided that we wanted to do this, we were kind of thinking of different areas. A big part of our decision was around wanting to kind of work in the community that we live in and where our kids are growing up and uh, be, be part of that um, and employ people there. And yeah, so... That's why we chose uh, chose the Tri Cities, and then uh, Port Moody uh, made it really easy for us from a kind of zoning and working with the city standpoint. So, yeah. So, was it completely up to the city why there's breweries all on the same street? So, what Port Moody did as a city is they looked at their zoning and said, "Well, you're manufacturing, and we already allow manufacturing, and there's nothing that says you can't make beer. So, go for it." Right. And so they already had in the zoning allowance for up to like for ancillary retail, which means you can sell, you can retail what you're manufacturing or what you're wholesaling. And so it just worked well. So they let us, they just, they just looked and said, yeah, this, there's no, no reason why we couldn't do this within the current zoning bylaw. So, you know, fill your boots. And so you opened a few months after Yellow Dog. You kind of had an audience already coming down here, right? Like, how was that first day when you opened? It was nuts. Like, we were, <laughs> we might have been over occupancy. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty fun. I mean, it was, uh, it's a bit of a blur, honestly. All you know is you woke up that day. <laughs> yeah. You don't know when you went to bed, right? The place didn't burn down. And, yeah. you know, we didn't run out of beer that day, which was good. And it was fun to see all the, our friends and family, but also all the folks that had been kind of popping their head in our neighbors and to finally get to come. And, uh, it's funny cause I, Dan and I, uh, the fellow who was running the, the bar at the time or the lounge, he basically had to kick us out from behind the bar because we, we didn't want to ask people for money for the, product. it was like still that's kind of weird. He's like, you guys gotta get out of here. We gotta charge people for these drinks. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, so you're open. Yeah. Let's, let's rewind to. How did the idea start? Yeah, good question. Uh, it was about, it was almost actually four years ago this past week. Dan and I were down at the Oregon Brewers Festival with a few of our buddies from work. So we used to work together, the same company. I'd been homebrewing for about two years before that. And I got Dan into it a little. Well, I got him into craft beer 
and I'd been talking to him about brewing and he was starting to kind of come and hang out for some brews. And so we went down there just to have fun. But of course, you know, when you get a bunch of guys drinking craft beer, we start talking about like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if, you know, and uh, we kind of had like shrugged off the opening a brewery. Like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of like we had good jobs in IT and we're like, yeah, that sounds like maybe a lot of risk. (laughs) So but we were like, maybe it would be if we could just do something so we can go to these beer festivals for free. Right. But then we were chatting a lot on the train ride down and just over beers for the few days we were down there. And when we came back, you know, for about a week, I was just thinking about it. I couldn't really shake it. And uh, at the same time, I was uh, where we were working was awesome. You know, one of the best jobs I've ever had, if not the best. And the company was great and loved the people. But I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next there. I just woke up one day and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. Like, there's no good time, really. And, you know, I'm I'm not getting any younger. And uh I was like, what's the worst that could happen? Like, you know, we lose personally if we lost everything and we had to start over and like, well, I'm still young enough. I could do that. And so when I once I kind of got into that mindset, it was pretty easy to move forward. So then it was a matter of figuring I wanted a partner. I didn't want to do it on my own. First, I had to talk my wife into it. So which wasn't very difficult. (laughs) I think I emailed her and said something like it was an email. (laughs) Well, I think I said, hey, uh, if I was to like quit my job and do something and risk all our money and our house, and maybe one day we might be back to where we are now, what do you think about that? And I think she replied, can we talk about this tonight? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, it worked out. And then I, uh, I, I asked Dan if he wanted to kind of go on this venture with me. And, uh, he had a, I think a similar conversation with his wife. And the next thing you know, we were writing a business plan. So, so you were homebrewing, like how was your homebrew? Like, did you say, Oh yeah, like I can open with what I'm doing right now. I I was getting better and better. Like I was, uh, so Dan's got a a bit of a science background. So he is, his homebrew was better than mine right from the get go, just because of his attention to detail. I tend to, I was brewing beer at home because I had young kids and a friend of mine also who lived out in Port Moody had young kids and we had, you know, they would go to bed at like, 7 30 o'clock on a friday saturday night and our, our wives are actually both working a lot of evenings and so we're like let's make beer and drink beer especially great in the summertime when the, yeah. it doesn't get dark till like exactly 10, right yeah so but when you're drinking a lot of beer while you make beer like you tend to <laughs> mess things up or forget what you did mm-hmm. but the beer was the beer is decent it was uh i you know enjoyed it but it was it needed refinement for sure so then dan and i started brewing his beer was quite good from the get-go and then uh you know we would bring it into work we had kegs at work and stuff like that and so we got a lot of feedback we got to try you know it's we were making 100 liters a batch kind of thing so not a not a lot compared to what we're doing now but for a home brew that was you know was a lot yeah. but we could go through it quickly and get a lot of feedback right so and then uh, we, yeah we won an award for our chocolate oatmeal stout like on the homebrew front at the bc beer awards uh after we had decided actually that we were going to open the brewery which was cool and yeah we just kept working on different recipes like dan and i we would just be like let's brew something like this and then we'd try it and see how it goes so so did you have in mind like a particular style of beers that you wanted to open the brewery with i mean the cliche answer is we wanted to brew what we wanted to drink right but i think that's everyone says that because it's true right like i'm not going to brew a bunch of beer i don't want to drink <laughs> yeah, yeah. But was there like a hesitation of thinking about people in Port Moody? And I mean, not to be like cliche yeah. or anything, but you know, there's been big brand beer here for a long time. So you kind of need to uh, uh, associate to that palette, right? Yeah, there definitely was. So we, uh, I mean, if you look at our core lineup, it's definitely geared towards 
um, folks. It's 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 kind of day to day craft beer, right? So like our blonde ale is not something that you know as a beer geek I would run across town to go find, but it's I love that beer, and a lot of other people do too. And it's a great beer to get people into craft. It's a very low intimidation factor. It kind of looks like the beer they're already drinking and it smells a little bit like the beer they're already Mm -hmm. drinking, but you know, it tastes a lot better. We consciously uh, use that and like that in our brown ale and even our IPA is like, it's a very balanced, like not too bitter. You know, we wanted people to be able to try it out without it being like some super bitter beer that they never wanted to try an IPA again. So yeah, we definitely made a conscious decision around that, that our core lineup would be really approachable. And also be able to be used for education and bringing people into like the craft beer fold. Our seasonals would be, you know, they'd be a bit, you know, more interesting than that. And then we would do kind of one-offs and and fun stuff that you know maybe we do once, maybe we do a lot of times uh, that we could push the envelope with. So, and you guys have a bit of a cask program that goes on as well. Right? Yeah, we got a really good cask program. We've always been into it, and then now that Roxanne's t- taken over, Roxanne's one of our brewers. Uh, she's doing an awesome job with it. She does like, I think she does like three or four of them a week in the brewery. And then we, some of them get, end up at bars, but we always have, uh, we have a cask engine in the, um, in the lounge. And, uh, we actually have Kilderkins. We were going through so much cask beer that we just, <laughs> we ordered four, uh, these 80 liter casks. So we didn't have to like fill them up as often. <laughs> so we go through one of those, like we'll f- empty one of those in four or five days. So it kind of, it was a good time. Uh, the beer's the beer's kind of you know any longer and it would it's getting a bit longer in the t- long in the tooth so but the cask engine typically has like classic cask styles on it so we do a special bitter quite often that's only available on the cask engine right now that was actually one of the beers we wanted to open with but you know we could only do so many so but it's worked out and then we also do like uh we'll do a kind of a, a regular cask as well on the counter on like a Friday or Saturday we're both we like to keep the board on the like our beer board full however we can so yeah how big is that tasting room downstairs so it started off when you come in and you see the main room like that was it and uh, we actually only had half the building too so there was there wasn't really a lot more yeah I was, about, I was surprised when i turned up today yeah. and there's a wall missing so, yeah yeah i think that it was about six or seven hundred square feet you know, we could, I mean, we were legally allowed 30 people in it. You could squeeze a lot more though. <laughs> and now it's, uh, we've expanded it into space that doubles as production. So it's pretty cool actually, because if you're sitting like where that wall came down on the other side, if you're sitting there, you're literally sitting where the beer was made, like on the exact spot uh, amongst the equipment. And soon like, we have a new brew house coming this week. So it's super exciting. And you're going to be sitting like eight feet from it when we're not brewing <laughs> when we're brewing you might need to sit further back yeah so. get a little warm yeah. yeah yeah but so now we've gone from like 30 people we have we can have 110 people inside and then we added the patio like we had a picnic area outside and then this year we did the deck and we added the patio and we have another 85 people out there so it's different you know it's uh, it's a lot of people it, it's still a lot of fun the weekends can be a bit crazy so uh but uh it's it's cool that uh, people are coming down here and you know so many people are getting to try our beer and try all the beers on the row so so what year was this idea born in and then how long did it take for yeah. you to open 2014 it was like so the Oregon Brewers Festival was like the last week of July I think so that's you know it was the week after that I was like we're going to do this and we basically started working on a business plan right away and we worked on it for well until 
we, well, until we opened, <laughs> but <laughs> it was about December, January that, you know, we started feeling pretty confident in it. We actually quit our old jobs, like right after the uh, Christmas vacation, you know, mm-hmm. so January 2nd or 3rd, we came in and we were like, yeah, we're both quitting. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that was a, it was an interesting day. It was a kind of strange conversation that we had both been there for quite a while. Um, so that was about like six months, five months. And then we spent, we were, we were at work still for another month and still didn't have our money lined up or any investors, but we knew we were going to figure out a way to make it work. We had a few different models. It was like, well, if we can't get any money, this is what we're going to do. When we get all the money, this is what we're going to do. Right. Yeah. It was like, we were so Friday, the Friday, our last Friday of work, we had a big party. Um, your beer was on tap, right? Our beer was definitely on tap. And then the Monday our loan got approved. So that was a good thing to, (laughs) it kind of worked out. So what was the biggest uh, surprise for you in the whole process before you opened? Like what was just something that you just didn't expect? (laughs) We did a lot of research. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure there was anything I totally, like I, I expected to have things that I didn't expect. So maybe I just didn't note them all. Honestly, I didn't expect it to be so easy to work with the city of Port Moody uh, and even liquor licensing. Like we had heard all these horror stories and it really wasn't like, it wasn't that big a deal for us. I shouldn't tell people this because that's what scares a lot of people off. I think from <laughs> opening a brewery, but it was, you know, we kind of approached it with a mindset of like, look, these, you know, we know what we're getting into. We're regulated by four levels of government and we're not going to change anybody's minds here or change the rules. So figure out what the rules are and then just work within them. Right. So that was a bit surprising, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I knew we would open later than we thought. (laughs) I knew we'd be over budget, uh, all those things. So, yeah. What was uh, some of that initial feedback where you just absolutely petrified that after that day you opened that your beer wouldn't be well received by the locals or were you fairly confident when you opened the taps? Well, coming from like homebrewing and we never like Dan spent some time at some other breweries, like getting some experience working on bigger equipment and getting, you know, just some real life experience. But you're still like, this was really personal to us. Like this, these were our recipes and our beer that we made. And we, like Dan and I were here for five months, like literally covered in dirt. Like we, we touched every square inch of this brewery. We knew where every wire was, every pipe we dug pretty much all the holes. And so this was this, we were exhausted, but also just this really personal kind of creation of ours. And so, yeah, like, you know, you're like kind of hoping people like it. Right. And you know, when most, most breweries open the first, first batch or two people are, we always, we always say, well, you know, try the beers and then try them again in a few months when people get used to their system and everything. And yeah, like we were, our first batches were, Although people liked them, they weren't exactly where we wanted them. And so we just kept working. That was just part of like getting to know our equipment and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, definitely terrifying, <laughs> but it was, uh, it worked out, right? Like, and well, you won a couple of awards as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People liked the beer and, um, we won some awards, uh, the BC beer awards last year and, uh, and some other, like there's been, I can't keep track. It's, uh, there's always something going on with there's an award or mm-hmm. judging or something. Yeah. Once you opened and Yellow Dog was here, yep, you guys are here. When the other guys popped up, were you a little um, hesitant of thinking that you know the area might have been diluted too much, or you know, were you nervous about the competition? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's been two years, so I mean, for sure, I think we were like, oh, is there enough? 
business. And then we were like, yeah, you know, this is probably not a bad thing. When we opened, you know, you know the Yellow Dog, uh, they got busier and we were busy as well. And then, uh, so yeah, we, were, we weren't sure exactly, but I don't think we were nervous, right? We just weren't sure. So because we're also wholesaling our product, right? So like that we've got our business here, which is we're basically running two businesses when you're running a brewery with a, t- with a tap room, right? So yeah, they opened and we got like immediately, we're, we were busier and they were busy and yeah, Yellow Dog was bu- busy. And, and then it's kind of the same thing when Parkside opened. It was like, oh, a fourth one. But by that point, we we're like, no, this is going to be okay. Now our biggest concern was is like, well, you got four breweries and we all need more space. And it's like, there's only so many warehouses in Port Moody. That's really the bigger concern. So it's like, we just need space, right? So do you have your own bottling line out there? Yep. We have a little six head Mahine, uh, pretty common uh, bottling line for uh, small, small craft breweries. And then what's, what's your reach? Is it just Metro or do you go around the province? Go around the province. Uh, we're in Alberta as well. That's about it for now. So we try to send beer wherever we can in, in BC. It's expensive to ship products so we kind of keep an eye on like shipping costs so there might be a few spots where we can't we can't get it to but uh yeah we we're trying to get it out all over the place so and the new brew house coming in is that to meet a growing demand in your bottle section or for taps opening up around town it's both i mean and and it's busier in the lounge and uh, dan and i when we opened because we're on you know quote unquote a limited budget which is still hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a place open and and so we we were like we had to make decisions on where the money was going to go, and one of the things we kind of early on decided was like, look, we're gonna we're either going to buy like the Cadillac of something, or we're going to get something that is uh, the like, Corolla, yeah, yeah, but without sacrificing the quality, right, like of the end product. So um, with our brew house, we we basically built a giant like it, it's like a home brewer. If I walked them through the system, they'd be very comfortable with the steps and with the processes they're not used to having the pumps and whatnot. Like we don't, we don't have to suck on the hose to siphon it <laughs> out anymore, but, but it's, you know, it may, it'll make sense to them and it made sense to us. And it saved us. Like we don't have a steam boiler. Well, we do now, but we didn't at the point. It's a direct fire, um, uh, basically a hot air kettle, right? Uh, it's got a giant, like 400,000 BTU hairdryer sticking in the side of it. And that's what heats up the work. It's worked really well for us. It's we like the folks that are brewing on it. It, it takes a bit longer to get people like up and running on it, but uh, it's, it works well. And we can, we've been pretty consistent on it uh, over the last couple of years. So in the new brew house, so that old brew house is only uh, 12 barrels or uh, sorry, 10 barrels, 12, 1200 liters. And the new one is uh, 20 barrels. And so the main reason that, you know, yes, there's more demand, but also like our biggest tanks are 60 barrels. So when we opened, we had a 10 barrel brew house and 20 barrel fermenters. So you got to brew twice in a day to fill it. It's a long day in our system. It's like 15 hours. And so, but then we got 40 barrel fermenters. So that was two days in a row. And then we got 60 barrel fermenters, basically the largest we can fit in this building. And it's like, now we're doing a night shift, right? And it's like, uh, we just, we want, <laughs> it didn't make sense anymore. We're like, there's a lot of benefits to going to the new brew house, right? Efficiency, um, consistency, the, uh, the amount of time, like labor is needed. Grain usage will like our grain, like sugar extraction from the grain will increase quite a bit. And yeah, so it's, um, there's a lot of reasons, but mainly it was the demand. Like if the demand wasn't there, we would just stay with the old system. So is there a beer that really surprised you that you've created? Hmm, that's a good question. Like it, when you say surprise, you mean like, like it turned like, like it turned out really good and it sold a oh. lot, you know, when you didn't expect it to do that well. I mean, they've all done pretty well. 
I mean, the, the brown ale's got a solid following. People know that beer, which is like, it's, it's a brown ale, right? It's a good, it's a really good brown ale. I wasn't expecting people to uh, like, to know us for our brown ale. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's beers that the, uh, like now, now that it's not just Dan and I, right. We've got like four or five people working in the brewery and they're all coming up with recipes. And, uh, I mean, there's some really, really cool stuff. I know one that people really like is we did, uh, I was kind of into Gruits when we started. I was like, I'd brewed a couple at home and it's kind of this cool, like kind of throwback to this kind of ancient style, which is a beer with no hops basically. And they use like spices and other things to like get the bittering and the, and, uh, and the flavors. And so we brewed, I grew it and, um, I'd brewed it a couple times at home and it was, it was great. And then we brewed it, brewed it here in the brewery. And it fermented out and then it, um, in a sealed system, it's, it's spontaneously soured, but in a good way. So, and it made it like this tart, like refreshing beer grew it. And it was, we were like, did we like, I was like, well, did I, you know, I checked all my processes. Did I have a sanitation issue? But it wasn't, a, there was no off flavor. It was just, it was, it just soured spontaneously. And so we're like, can we reproduce this? We could brew it again. And same thing happened. And it's very consistent. We can consistently do it now. And there's a, it's just something in the air, I guess, from the, you know, grain dust in the brewery and whatnot. So it's like this Port Moody kind of spontaneously fermented thing. And people love that beer. And it's like, we have never made more than probably a hundred liters of it at a time. And I think the one that we've done different versions of it. And the latest one is a lavender, a lavender grit. People really, really like that beer. And so people know us for that. And it's only, we've only had it in the lounge maybe four or five times in three years. Right. So, Oh, you know, stay tuned. Hopefully we'll have tank space to make a whole bunch of it so who's inspiring you like not necessarily in port moody but i mean yeah. if they are great but who who inspires you with what they're doing to feed that back into your own brewery yeah that's a it's a good question i mean i mean who inspires me and then same for dan and then and all our brewers because we don't we don't operate here like i create the recipes and you're gonna brew what i say you're gonna brew right like everyone everyone has and has input and actually we we try to get we're trying to get everyone to have a beer or two that they came up like that there's recipe that, that we brew. So like our Vienna lager was uh, our head brewer Robbins and the huge citrus we just did was a uh, show who runs our pilot system. And I mean, for me, I get into these, like, I think like any craft consumer, you know, craft beer fan, you, you kind of get into these phases where you're like, I'm going to go drink every oatmeal stout I can find. <laughs> I'm going to drink every like dry hopped, like sour that I can find. And, uh, and then I try all these beers and I start to get ideas and I say, I like like this aspect of that one and this aspect of another. And then you start kind of thinking about how you might create that. And so, you know, just getting to travel and try different folks, try beer from different breweries is, I wouldn't say there's one. It's just the whole community really is what is inspiring. Right. So just getting to try a lot of different things and then something catches my eye and I'm like, I want to, I want to figure out how to make not that exactly, but I have an idea from that. Right. So, and if uh, somebody wanted to go down this path themselves, what would be some advice you could give them? Uh, whatever amount of money you think you need to like add more. And I mean, just make sure you like you're in this for the right reason. Right. Like, we get weekly, somebody emailing saying, Hey, I want to open a brewery. Dan and I have gotten pretty good at asking a few questions to figure out why and what 
research they've done and kind of how far along they are and figure out, okay, because we want to help. We've helped lots of folks, right? But we got to be careful about we're, we're really busy and just like anyone running a small business. And so we have to be careful about where we put those kind of limited resources. So just making sure someone's kind of in it for the right reason and understands what they're getting into. So I would say like, if you, if you're in, if you want to go start open a brewery, cause you're going to make a ton of money, like just stop right there. That's not the reason to do this because uh, everyone sees everything coming in. There's just as much going out the other side, right? It's uh, it's not a high margin business, uh, even though some folks might think it is by looking from the outside in. And it's just the wrong reason to to do this, right? If you're in this for the money, you're not. You're gonna want to save that fifty cents a pound on grain. You're gonna want to find a cheaper hop supplier, like all those things, right? I mean, you're running a business, so you need to balance these things, but you got to be in this for the beer, right? So, and then just ask as many questions and do as much research as possible and write a, like write a business plan. Like you need to, you need to sit down and think like visualize being in the finished place. Like, okay, like how many beers are we going to sell realistically? How are we going to sell our product in a, in a busier and busier marketplace? Like how many taps realistically can we find in a yet again, more, more competitive marketplace? Just be realistic about that. And don't be afraid to kind of be modular around your, how you're going to build out like you don't need to do everything up front you can add on as as you see the business coming right so yeah all right well thank you so much for your time adam yeah no problem appreciate it big thank you to adam for taking some time out to chat with me and it's just awesome there are moody ales you gotta go by and check out the beers that we were talking about so good So that's the first two breweries to open up in Brewers Row in Port Moody. And in a later episode, I'll be chatting with the other two that have opened up, Twin Sales and Parkside. So that's at a later date. So be sure you're subscribed to the Cascadian Beer Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss that episode. I want to thank the BC Ale Trail once again for sponsoring this episode and making it all possible. Check them out at bcaletrail.ca. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast. If you want to follow us, you can on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. We're on Twitter at Cascadian Beer, and we're on Instagram at Cascadian Beer Podcast. If this is your first time here, be sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. And if you like this episode as well, why not leave us a review if you can on wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you again for listening. You can check us out at Cascadian.beer. That's the website where you can find all of our previous episodes and more. Until next time, remember, support your local.